everyone. Welcome to the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. We are so happy to have you back. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Antoinette Phelps, former Notre Dame prep cheerleader, former MSU cheerleader, and I am joined by my co-host, Jenna Rose. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Antoinette. How's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I Good. actually just got back from up north. Nice. Yeah, my friend and I were just like, you know what, let's go take a little quick vacation. And it was only, uh, it was like a three hour drive to Ludington. And then we just went from there to Traverse City and stayed. And it was so nice because I haven't been there when it's warm because I always hear about the Cherry Festival. Right. And um, it was nice being there because there were hardly any tourists. You go from there to Petoskey and just to see the town and support the small businesses up there. It was like it was so neat. Just a cute little break. That's great. And anyone listening, if you're not from Michigan and you actually, of course, if you are from Michigan, I'm sure you already know this. But if you're not from Michigan and you're listening, you definitely have to go check out up north. Any of those small towns up there are beautiful and it's really just there's no place like it. I love going up north. Uh, It is beautiful. And I'm pretty sure I hope I'm getting the show right. I'm pretty sure it was Good Morning America that rated Traverse City as one of the best places to travel in the nation. I saw that booming up there. Yeah. So it's uh, it was so pretty even, you know, in the winter like it is right now. But um, Antoinette, to you, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, quarantine. (laughs) Um, We've just been doing normal, normal inside the house stuff, still socially distancing and all of that. And my husband and I, during this time, this past year almost, I can't believe it's it's almost been a year, started some house projects. So we installed our own wainscoting. So I, I think that's how it's pronounced. It's either wainscoting or wainscoting. I know people I believe either one. Something like that. But it's basically like wood panels. So my husband cut them and then we nailed them to the wall. And then I did the wood filler and the sanding and the painting and a couple coats of paint and it was, yeah, it looks cool. It like kind of modernized our hallway. So that was our big project. I love it. You're getting me so excited for adulthood when I have my own place, (laughs) making my husband do stuff for me. (laughs) (laughs) I know I I, like posted it on my Instagram. I'm look, look at my wainscoting. (laughs) And really like he did all the work. I don't have any (laughs) pictures of him doing like the actual sawing and drilling and just the pictures of me painting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I love it. That's how relationship works. Yeah. How they work. Definitely gotten crafty and gotten good with our home improvements through this time. So that's our positive from from our COVID experience, I guess. Yes, maybe we can have our own little episode where we just talk about home improvements right? on the show. Yeah. But I know for today, all of our cheerleading fans will be pretty excited because we have Brooke Miller, who is the coach at Rochester Adams, the previous Division I 2020 state champs coming on the show. So we're so excited to have her and hear how she built up a program, you know, to be state champion. And of course, hear about the rivalries that's within Rochester because we already have a couple schools there that's pretty competitive. So we're excited excited to hear about that. And Antoinette, I know that you have some updates for us when it comes to this year's schedule for high school cheer in Michigan. Yes. So I'm going to give you some of the updates as far as practices and competitions go. So the first non-contact practice can start January 16th. So that actually already started. The first contact practice can be February 1st. The first contest, so the first competition can be February 8th. Districts is now March 15th through the 20th. 
Regionals is March 22nd through the 24th. And finals will be March 26th through the 27th now. Uh, well, I'm just happy to hear that they're starting to get the ball rolling. And, you know, pretty soon here, we're going to be having in-person practices or well, by the time this is out, <laughs> in-person yeah. practices. So it seems like these coaches have done so much when it comes to adapting to COVID times and just to hear about the growth and the determination between the girls and the coaches. It's just, it's truly been exciting and that we've been able to be a part of it. And going back to the podcast, the Ready, Set, Cheer is presented by Lawrence Technological University. In fact, LTU is forming its own competitive cheer and dance team for the first time in school's history. Academic and athletic scholarships are available now. Lawrence Tech wants you to recruit yourself. Just go to LTUathletics.com and click on the Recruit Yourself link. Ready, Set, Cheer is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association, promoting the value and values of educational athletics, and by Detroit Medical Center's sports medicine and physical therapy team. The DMC's Rehabilitation Institute of Michigan is the only freestanding rehabilitation hospital in Southeast Michigan solely dedicated to physical medicine and rehabilitation, providing hope and healing to patients for over 65 years. A new partner to join State Champs Network is EA Graphics. As the exclusive provider of the MHSAA Championship merchandise, EA Graphics has raised the level to commemorate and celebrate your distinguished season. You can order all of the championship gear for the recent State Champs golf, tennis, cross country, and soccer. To order all of your fall sports championship apparel, go to shopmhsaa.com. There will be new designs for the upcoming football, volleyball, and swimming slash diving championships later this month. Check out shopmhsaa.com for more details. And before we get started, one last announcement. Applications are being accepted online all month long for this year's Michigan High School Male and Female Athlete of the Year Awards. $1,000 in scholarship money will be given to six male and six female nominees. To apply, you need to have been a first-team All-State athlete or projected to be one this winter or spring. You need an overall 3.0 GPA and you need to have exhibited some school leadership or had some community volunteer activity. The winners will receive an additional $5,000 in scholarship money, and all nominees will attend a red carpet gala in downtown Detroit in May. To apply, go to dacathleteoftheyear.com or click on the banner on our homepage at statechampsnetwork.com. You cannot be nominated if you do not apply. This application deadline is February 1st. All righty, Antoinette, I know everyone's excited for our interview with head coach Brooke Miller, so let's get to it. Great. Okay, we're joined today by Brooke Miller from Rochester Adams, and she's going to give us a little bit of a background knowledge on her coaching experience and her cheerleading experience. Go for it, Brooke. Thank you. So happy to be here. So I actually started cheering uh, in middle school at Avondale um, and cheered throughout high school as well. I cheered MCCA style, so I actually never cheered competitively myself, which um, fun fact, I guess. And then went on to cheer in college just a little bit at Oakland University. And then my older sister was actually coaching a few different teams when I was in high school and just really intrigued me and was just just something that I really thought, you know, I really want to do this when I graduate. So 
as soon as I did graduate, I applied for the JV position um, at Avondale as well and coached there for three years. Then I found an opportunity to coach at Stony Creek and I was graciously hired. Got to coach their JV team for five years, which was really just a great experience and took a year off to kind of focus on my career. Missed it a ton and just wanted to come back. And um, now I've been at Adams now for seven years. That's awesome. And last year, 2020, you were the division one state champ. Is that correct? We were, yes. It was uh, just such a great experience. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So what would you say is your coaching style? I definitely think it's changed over the years. i do think, you know, when you start coaching, I do think that you kind of start out a little harsher. You kind of say, you know, we've got to do all these reps and we really have to focus on being perfect all the time. And, you know, it's definitely different now. I do feel like, you know, we really try to focus on the details and we really try to make sure that, you know, every little detail matters. And, you know, we want to make sure that the girls are really involved in that picture as well, making sure that they understand how to look for those details as well. So I would say more so of um, being more of a workhorse in the beginning now to more so um, focusing on the details and really not worrying about how many reps there are, but really just focusing on the perfection behind what we're doing. That's so funny. That seems to be the theme. I feel like the other two coaches that we interviewed said the exact same thing. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It seems like it's probably from experience, though, too, you know, that you've all had some years of coaching under your belt that you can tell that it doesn't need to be the hours of work as much as as much as like the quality of, you know, what you're doing in the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's not as fun if the girls feel like I'm just going to come here and do a thousand reps and it doesn't matter how well I do it. It's just, it's not fun anymore for the kids. I think it's really great to know that, you know, if I accomplish something really great today, she's, you know, going to be pleased with our work. She might let us go early or, you know, we can, you know, accomplish something better at the next competition because we've, you know, upped our level on whatever that round may be. So I think the girls enjoy being that mentality as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, um, you know, Brooke, Rochester is definitely a city that's known for producing amazing and talented cheerleaders. How does it feel to coach at a Rochester school? Is there a lot of pressure with, you know, the way that you guys have done very well in the past, perform well in the future? Definitely. Yes, it is a great thing to be in Rochester, but it is also very competitive. You know, being able to compete against Rochester and Stony Creek, I would say almost weekly, I think really drives us to be better. Obviously, Trisha and Susan have been around for a little bit longer than I have, and they produce just phenomenal teams. And, you know, Adams just a few years ago really wasn't at that level. So I think that was what we strive to be. And I do think that you know, being in the Rochester community, we have such great families and such great support from our community. I do think that that has really attributed to our success. So yeah, I definitely love coaching in Rochester. Before we continue, I told you earlier in the show how you can recruit yourself to Lawrence Technological University. Here's more. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. 
Welcome back to the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. We are currently joined by Brooke Miller, the head coach for Rochester Adams competitive cheer team. So you were talking about weekly. Do you guys do buddy practices or joint practices at all? Um, We have not um, with Stoney or Rochester just because we see them so often, but we have in the past did um, something with Stoney um, back when I first started coaching just because, you know, I did coach with Trisha at Stoney Creek. So, you know, we do have that friendship, but, you know, we see each other every week competing against each other. So I think we already know each other fairly well. A lot of the girls are best friends. They've cheered each other on Rochester Redskins, which is the youth sports in our area. And some of the girls even went to school together. You know, we have West Middle School um, that splits between Rochester and Adams. So they're very good friends. So I think that already has built the camaraderie between our teams. I love it. That's like the number one thing. What's really cool with sports is that you have the camaraderie as well as the competitive drive. Absolutely. But yeah, we have done buddy practices in the past with other teams as well. And it's very beneficial, um, you know, not just to make your team better, but it does, you know, also build that relationship with other teams. And it's so exciting to see that team succeed and kind of cheer them on from the sidelines. So we, we love doing that as well. So, Brooke, speaking of all of the powerhouse teams from Rochester, it seems like it kind of goes back and forth through the years between Rochester, Stoney, Rochester Adams are always competing and placing at a lot of these competitions. So last year, you were the 2020 state champs. Do you think you'll be able to repeat that in 2021? Wow, that's some big um, words to <laughs> We definitely feel like we have a great shot. We have 23 returning um, state champions to this team. So we really didn't lose many kids, which, you know, is a great feat. But it's up to anyone. I mean, it really is anyone's game this year. You know, I know there's so many great teams out there and you know, they're hungry for it as well. So it really will come down to whoever is ready that day and, um, 2021 is going to bring a whole new uh, level of, I guess, issues that we can have to tackle um, each week, you know, with COVID and, you know, people potentially losing athletes just because of the extension of the season. You know, it's it's really going to be interesting to see what happens this year, especially, you know, with some of the restrictions that we have as well with what we can and can't do in some of our rounds. So, Honestly, you know, I would love to hope to say, yes, we're going to be those um, back-to-back state champions, but, you know, I can't say that we will be until it happens. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, so basically what you were just talking about is what a lot of the other coaches have talked about too, which is all these COVID restrictions. So what have your practices been like leading up to this point? Yeah, so yesterday was our first in-person practice. So exciting. Um, Being back, you know, with all the girls was just a great thing. It's different. You know, when we left back in November, we had a little bit less restrictions. We were allowed to stunt. There's still some strict restrictions on that. But, you know, it was a little bit less than now. But now we're back to social distancing. You know, we're only really working round one and two and keeping, you know, that six feet of distance. So, It is very different. It is, I would say, a little stressful. You're constantly, we always talk about airplanes. So we put our arms out and basically just make sure that we're like separated by arms length for each other and everything. But it's a little stressful and stuff. But our practices, in a way, look similar. We're still working round one. We're still cleaning. We're still making sure that we're being loud and we're using facials. And, you know, none of that has changed. It's just really working on the details of each round and making sure that, you know, we can do what we can. But before that, I mean, we were in Zoom practices. 
so we were learning round three through Zoom, um, really trying to work our rounds as often as we could. But then after that shutdown, we kind of went to one day a week and then just had a checklist that the girls could work on throughout the week and just really adapting to what the, you know, what the team could really handle. Their mentality, you know, obviously changed a little bit, being so disappointed that the season kept being extended and being extended. So we just wanted to make sure that we were, you know, really working towards what they're willing to deal with as well. Right. So you you said that you have round one finished and you're polishing it. But what about two and three? Have you created those yet? Have they learned it yet? Are they even allowed to touch each other for stunting yet? Yeah, great questions. So we kind of knew that this shutdown was coming. So we did finish round one before the shutdown. We had a Saturday practice, November 14th. We are working on polishing it and making a few changes that we, you know, just felt that we needed to make. Round two was finished as well. We just, we never do formations for round two until probably a few weeks before we start competing. So that's just be the last thing we have to do for round two. And it just really helps us as far as, you know, we have so many talented kids in only 12 spots. So we want to make sure that, you know, everyone gets that opportunity to really earn that spot before we do um, formations. And then round three, they did learn the counts. So they do know what stunts are going to be where. And we did get a chance to stunt just for a couple of days during that one week of the season we had in November. So they did try out their first um, stunt sequence. But other than that, they have not been able to stunt or be within six feet of each other to even do that. So right now we're just reviewing the counts and just making sure that when we do get the green light to start stunting again, that we're able to jump in really quickly and hopefully be successful in this round. You know, Brooke, as you mentioned, you were saying that a lot of your athletes are very talented. Tell us about some of the strong skills that your team possesses. Yeah, you know, I think it's not necessarily that we have different skills that everybody doesn't have. You know, I think it's very limited in competitive cheer and how far you can really take that. But I think just the team in general, they're very driven. They work very hard. Um, you know, we have, you know, some sophomores that were throwing tucks in seventh and eighth grade. So they, you know, have that that experience um, from an early age of throwing those in round two, which is just crucial for us to know, you know, how to do that at an early age. But, you know, I think it's more so just their drive and they're just very smart and really pick up on things very quickly. So I know stunting, you know, we've done some stunts last year that were just something that have never been done in the state of Michigan. You know, we were doing a full up from sitting, you know, in a crisscross applesauce position all the way to the top. And, you know, it's something you would never think could be done is something that this team has been able to do pretty easily. I think having all of them returning besides just a few um, seniors that graduated is just really making sure that we're able to be as successful as we can. They just really know every detail of the sport and they're really great at being able to pinpoint what's wrong in stunts, really being able to see, you know, timing issues and things like that. So I think having such strong athletes in that aspect has been very crucial to our success. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're talking about the new stunt. Can you tell us how, what goes into the process of developing your choreography? Yeah, this year it was a little different just because, you know, we are kind of facing um, different rules and different things that we're allowed to do, as well as we only can really stunted about six weeks this entire year. So we really haven't fully stunted 
since March of last year, which is just a little sad. But this year it was more so for round three, trying to find a few key wow moments, but really something that we can do in a quick amount of time. So, you know, keeping it fun, keeping it different, you know, not just hitting the same stunts over and over, but finding different transitions in and out. So it's a little bit different than I normally choreograph. Normally we're looking for those big wow moments, things that we're going to work towards cleaning up the entire year. But yeah, as far as choreographing round one and two, round one always changes every year. It's kind of the theme of, you know, whatever that year may be. You've got to really focus on the words and, you know, what it means to the girls and make sure that you have something meaningful that they can yell. But also, yeah, just finding fun choreography and different things that can wow the audience and the judges and the girls will have fun with is kind of what we go for. I love it. And something that's a very key word to describe, you know, this past year is adaptation. And during Mm -hmm. this whole process, what have you been able to learn about your team that might, you know, surprise you or even just something you've learned about yourself when it comes to adapting as a coach? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one thing I've learned about my team is they're a lot stronger than you would give them credit for. They're obviously very young. We have a lot of younger kids still on the team, but at the same time, you know, they've been very strong throughout this whole thing. And I know we, you know, touch base at least once a week. And, um, you know, obviously now going forward, we'll be seeing each other in person more, but, you know, they just take everything in stride and will adapt to, you know, anything that's going on. And I think, you know, whatever challenge comes their way, they're ready for it. And I think that's just a very mature look and life at, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. And I'm just, you know, very impressed with them in that aspect. I think coaching wise, it definitely has been challenging. Learning how to coach through Zoom has just been very different. But on the plus side, um, in the future, if we ever have snow days, you know, Zoom is a great way for us to do that in the future (laughs) to keep going. I know that's not something we've done in the past. So um, definitely learned how to use Zoom as a practice. But yeah, it's just been keep adapting, keep, you know, being open to the changes and really just making sure that you keep the kids calm and realize that like, it's not that big of a deal. Understand it's another change. And, you know, we're going to keep going. We're going to have fun no matter what. And, you know, our season's still going to be there, whether it's, you know, the normal dates or if it's, you know, in April. So kudos to you guys. I can't imagine how stressful that must have been trying to figure it out throughout this, you know, past year and trying to make it work over Zoom. So I love to hear that your kids are very motivated and that you've been able to, you know, mold the way that you practice in a way that is, you know, providing results. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's been a challenge, but I think, you know, all coaches in the state of Michigan are in the same boat. And I know you probably have heard that a lot, but, you know, I think we're all kind of banding together and just trying to do what's best for the kids. Competitive cheer is always about good sportsmanship. It's a motto that MHSAA wants to reinforce across all sports. Listen to this. Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines in athletics and outside those lines in our communities. To listen, to respect, to understand, to practice common decency, to have competition without contentiousness. Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. Let's all work together to not only be good sports, but good people. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. 
Welcome back to the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast, where we are interviewing Brooke Miller from Rochester Adams High School. So Brooke, I have a question about tumbling. I'm always so curious about tumbling because it was not one of my stronger skills. So first of all, does your team have full standing back tucks? Not the entire team, no, but the majority of our team does, yes. So um, I would say there's only just a couple girls that are still working on the confidence um, to throw on their own. Gotcha. I completely understand that. Um, so how do you how do you work on tumbling skills as a team? Do they have to go to gyms? Do you bring someone in? It, are they, you know, doing it in middle school? So they're kind of expected a lot of them to come up to high school with it. How does that work for you guys? Yeah. So this year was different. Um, unfortunately, we did not have our normal gymnastics instructors coming in. Uh, we usually have someone come in weekly which is, you know, just a godsend to have these people coming in that are experts in the business that are able to spot these girls. Unfortunately, we did not have that this year. But as far as, you know, my varsity team, the majority of them have come into the program already having skills for round two. So it's been great to have that. But the girls that did not, um, they've really just been working on their own. You know, when gyms are open, they've been going to privates and they've been getting together with their friends in their backyards and getting spotted and, you know, when we were allowed to spot tumbling um, before the break, you know, they were spotting each other and we, you know, have different tumbling mats that they can, you know, have confidence to kind of throw those skills off of. So this year it's been a little bit more about adapting, like we talked about earlier, but really just making sure that, you know, we're keeping the girls working on those skills the best we can, even in these current circumstances. But I do know for JV, you know, our we have some great JV coaches that have been spotting our girls just you know, constantly and making sure that they can keep those skills up so that they can hopefully make varsity one day. That's awesome. That's great that you guys get them started so young too. What about your conditioning? What does that look like these days? This year has been very different just because I feel horrible for these girls that they have to wear masks the entire practice. Um, It's not comfortable. It definitely very hard to wear masks. So, you know, in the beginning of the year, we were able to practice outside, you know, during the summer. So we didn't have to wear masks as long as we were socially distanced. So that was a little bit better. So we went a little harder. We did, you know, all of our conditioning outside. We did a lot of running. We do a lot of bleachers and, you know, a lot of things outside. But once we transitioned to where we had to wear masks, indoors or outdoors even. That's when I got a little bit kinder, I would say, a little bit easier on conditioning. So, you know, just doing what we can handle. Um, We try to mix it up all the time. You know, we will really focus on a specific body position or different type of things that we want to work on. And then we'll switch it up the next time. So the girls don't get bored and we're not overworking one area of our bodies. But over Zoom, it's been a little different. So since we started Zoom, we've actually been finding different workouts over YouTube and doing those. They're usually about 15 minutes doing yoga. We did some dance workouts. We did some different like hit workouts. So we've, you know, really been trying to change it up and make sure that the girls, you know, are not getting bored with it. But yeah, it's been very different this year. It's not our normal. <laughs> Yeah, that definitely does not sound like it normally would be. But what's exciting about that is, as you said, you know, the girls aren't getting bored with it. It's something new and fun. What are you going to take with you from this, you know, crazy season COVID practices? What positives are you going to take from it and apply to it when things are back to normal, hopefully in the near future? There's so many things that have changed, honestly, in this year and the way I, you know, have had to do things in the way I coach. 
So I really think that, you know, probably the biggest thing I can take away personally is just my patience with everything. You know, I really like things to be a certain way. I think that's just every coach, you know, you expect a certain format and certain way things are done. But I think just being very, you know, adaptable and really just ready to change the way you do anything in a drop of a hat, you know, it's something that I can definitely take away from this year. But I do think as well, you know, just our kind of camaraderie with other teams and, you know, just kind of making sure that we're able to you know, support each other, I think is a great thing that you can take away. But I also think the team themselves, I think, have, you know, kind of bonded a little bit more in this, you know, just crazy world that we've been living in and really found a way to work together in a different manner than just, you know, in-person practices as well. So I think, you know, for the team itself, I think it's been in a way slightly positive so that they have been able to bond um, as well. Right. And I think it's important to be able to sort through everything and pull the positives. And something that I really like to ask coaches is how they've seen the leadership amongst their players develop during this time. So can you tell us what you've seen from the leaders on your team? It's hard to see, quote unquote, everything that's going on behind the scenes. You know, they have such a great relationship outside of cheer that I know I don't see everything that goes on. But I do know that all of my kids, especially my leaders, are supporting each other at all times. They're really trying to keep each other's spirits up. Anytime there's, you know, another change or there's some kind of new challenge that is brought to light, um, you know, our seniors are the first ones to speak up and say, you know, what's, you know, asking all the questions and say, you know, it's going to be okay. And we're going to move forward. And I think just hearing their voices kind of comforts the younger girls and just say, okay, it's not the end of the world. You know, we can move um, through this and everything will be fine. So I think it's more so just being more vocal and really just making sure that they always have a positive spin on what's going on. Communication is definitely key, and I love that phrase, a positive spin. And just backtracking to, you know, the situation that we're in now, what's something looking on previous seasons and just even when you were a cheerleader that you realized that you took for granted now that everything isn't necessarily the same? As a coach, things that I've noticed this year is how often, like, I will be within six feet of a kid to show them a particular grip on a stunt or fix a broken wrist and all those little details that you can't do anymore and try just trying to explain how to fix a broken wrist without actually like grabbing their wrist and kind of manipulating it in the way so they can have it in the correct manner like just little things like that I didn't realize I did as a coach now I can't do so I think just adapting to that and I'll definitely take away different approaches for different things for sure but I think I took that for granted but I think the things that you know in general, I took for granted as well is just the time that you get to be with these kids. You know, we've missed out on so many practices and different things this year. And I do feel like, especially for our seniors, you know, we had this great year planned coming off a great year last year. And we, you know, took for granted the fact that we would get this whole year with them. And now I feel like we've almost been gypped out of, you know, this great experience with them. And it's just very sad that, you know, we haven't got that time for them to really just enjoy their senior year cheering. So I think that's also something that we're missing out on. That definitely is heartbreaking because there was a point where I was even like, um, just like going back to my high school and helping coach the softball team and having those relationships was just one of the best things ever as a coach. So I can't imagine kind of the toll that takes not being able to just spend time with them during practices like you normally would. 
Absolutely. It's not even about cheerleading. Sometimes they just have such great personalities and are really great to be around. And it's just disappointing that they didn't get more time to enjoy their seasons and enjoy their time, you know, with their teammates even. Yeah, that makes sense. So Brooke, speaking of your senior leaders, do you ever have any girls go on to cheer in college or anywhere else after leaving Rochester Adams? I do. I would say that I don't think it's quite often. I think it's maybe one every other year that we will have cheering. Um, But we do have a couple that were cheering last year and a few that have cheered throughout um, my time at Adams. I'm sure there's been plenty of others before I took over as well, but did have a girl at Indiana um, not too long ago. We, you know, had girls last year at Central and at State as well. So, you know, we've had quite a few. Um, One just graduated from Michigan and is now a part of the cheer team at California. I think it's USC. But yeah, so we we do have quite a few that are interested, but I feel like a lot of them are very academic based. That's just the way the school is. Adams is just very focused on academics. So I do feel like once they leave Adams, a lot of them are really focused on academics at that point. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's great that you do have a couple that go on to cheer in college. And I know it's a small percentage of people that would make a college team anyways. But it's great that you do have some people that go on further with their cheerleading career after leaving. So this is a question we ask to a lot of coaches, but I think it's such a powerful question. What is one thing that you hope your athlete walks away with after their time with you? Great question. I don't think I can pinpoint just one. I think there's so many things that I really hope they take away that are just more than just how to point your toes and a jump or anything along those lines. I really try to teach them a lot of life lessons throughout their time there. You know, we talk about time management all the time. And there is a saying that I heard a long time ago that I always tell them in to be earliest, to be on time, to be on time is to be late and to be late is to be left behind. And, you know, we talk about that a lot. You know, we talk about, you know, wake up and smile every day. That's something one of our seniors last year used to say. And, you know, if you wake up and smile, you know, everything's going to be okay. And you'll have a positive outlook on the day, no matter what you're faced with. You know, we've talked about no matter how others treat you, you know, always treat them with kindness. And I think that's a huge thing to bring into your life. We always have different personalities on the team. And I think just learning to adapt and to work with all type of personalities is always something you can take with you into your, you know, careers and life in general. And, you know, even just facing challenges, I think this year, as well as, you know, a few years in the past, we've had some pretty big challenges that we've been faced with. And I think, you know, these girls learning to adapt and learning that, you know, everything's possible if you just work for it and you face it with, you know, a smile on your face is just a huge, you know, thing that they can really take into their lives and hopefully bring success into whatever they choose to do. I love that. You're teaching them life skills. So it goes way beyond just cheering on a team. It goes into having them bring these skills into their life as adults. I love all of that. I hope so. (laughs) Brooke, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We loved hearing about you and your team. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. It It was great to be here. Thank you so much. Huge thank you to Brooke Miller, the coach for Rochester Adams. Antoinette, that was a very interesting interview. It, 
you know, I was really curious heading into it, what was going on when it came to the city of Rochester itself, because obviously we have three powerhouse schools there and she was able to notch her team up to the top to win that D1 state championship title. So what are your thoughts on that camaraderie as well as the competitive drive within that area? Yeah, the city of Rochester really is known for producing these amazing cheerleaders. And I think it's really cool that Brooke was able to bring Rochester Adams up to first place for Division One last year. I think that's really cool because 2019 would have been Rochester Hills, Stony Creek, and then 2018 was Sterling Heights, Stevenson. But then before that was Rochester and then Rochester again. So it seems like these Rochester schools are really, you know, sneaking in there to the top two spots. So it was cool how she talked about how it's it's a friendly rivalry but they really kind of help each other out a little bit too right and I was curious too because I remember when we talked to Brighton's head coach you know they were doing buddy practices these joint practices to get another eye on their routines routines and see how they're doing and that wasn't necessarily the case between all of these Rochester schools and something interesting too that she talked about was just developing the choreography and talking about a new stunt that might have put them over the top for that D1 state title. Yeah, that was really interesting. I know she was talking about how they started on the ground crisscrossed and then kind of twist up into a stunt. So that would be interesting to see. And I I think that's part of why cheerleading keeps growing every year and keeps getting harder every year is that these teams are willing to try these new harder stunts. And so it sounds like that's what they did last year and it worked for them just to give them that little bit of a touch over everyone else. Definitely seems a little crazy compared to when you were cheerleading, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different. Definitely. Definitely is. No, it is definitely cool to see how much the sport has grown since your time. Cause that wasn't even, that wasn't even long ago. Like when you look back to the early two thousands and, um, you know, we really appreciate you guys all staying with us through this series. We would love to hear from you what you want to hear moving forward, if there's anything we can improve on, or you have an idea for a guest for us. Simply, all you have to do is email us at readysetcheer at statechampsnetwork.com. And uh, Antoinette, we have our little mailbag segment. We do have a question today. We do. So we, we're so excited to hear from everyone. And thank you, everyone, who has been emailing us and reaching out to us. And of course, following and liking and subscribing to our podcast. We have an email this week, actually, for Jenna. Ooh. So Yes. So we have Christine from Michigan. And she is asking, so in her email, she says, we hear about Antoinette's background in cheerleading and in college sports. Jenna, were you a cheerleader or do you have any background in sports as well? Oh, okay. We'll talk about me. That's what <laughs> people want. That's what they'll, <laughs> that's what they'll get. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just messing around. But um, yes, yeah, so I played college softball for a few years. I do not have a competitive cheerleading background. I do, however, have an interest in it because my cousin, who's a year younger than me, she actually cheered at Oklahoma State for a bit and she cheered for All-Star and Divine Child at different times. So it was cool. And when we were growing up, she was always having me like help her with 
routines in the pool because, you know, I couldn't do them like <laughs> standing <laughs> outside of it. But um, so it definitely taught me how competitive that sport is and how, you know, it's just exciting to watch. Um, I've just always had a passion for sports. Playing softball was, you know, it's, it was a dream to play in college for as long as I did. So I definitely have that sports interest. And for those of you who are involved with the state champs universe per se, I have been hosting a couple of their shows for the last two years now. Um, I recently just graduated from Lawrence Tech. And on top of that, I also work for Sports Illustrated covering some of the NCAA teams. And my good friend and I just started our own show called the Motor City Roundup where we are talking about Detroit sports. So just getting my sports fix in the high school realm, college realm, and the professional level here in Detroit. So it's, you know, it's just a lot of fun. And to explore something like cheer, where I've always had an interest in it, like being fascinated in it, but not necessarily the background knowledge to go with that. So being on this podcast, being able to hear the perspective from these coaches and just, you know, be on the show has been really exciting and rewarding for me, even though, you know, most of my knowledge comes to that game of softball. You having the softball background in college is interesting because it's that higher level of sports, which is difficult to get to. So you know what some of these athletes are going through. Yeah, I can, you know, I can understand how mentally taxing it is. I was not involved with college athletics during COVID though. So I can't imagine what it's like, especially for the seniors who, you know, might not have been able to compete due to, the virus, but um, just having that drive for athletics and for competition, I can definitely, I can definitely vibe on that note when it comes to the podcast. But anyways, Christine, thank you for being interested in me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if anyone has any softball questions, hit me up. But uh, <laughs> you, well, you certainly have a background in sports, so you definitely know what you're talking right. about. Yeah. Well, thank you, Antoinette. <laughs> and uh, if anyone else does want to email us, the email is ready, set, cheer at statechampsnetwork.com. Alrighty, and um, Antoinette, next week, we're going to have some of your friends on, right? To talk about what it was like to cheer at Michigan State. Yes, we have a couple MSU alumni trailers on. I'm so excited. Uh, I cannot wait. I always love meeting your friends. So (laughs) (laughs) this should be fun. But all right, everybody, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next Friday. Thanks for listening.